0: Time to play the game. Hey, folks, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. Grab yourself your coffee, tea, soda, or adult libation, whatever you see fit, while you're hanging on my big orange couch today. And uh, I have a pleasureful thing to announce tonight that, um, Everybody knows I like to hang in the boiler room. That's where our good ideas and good thought processes are born every day. And what is that that I hear right now? I think there's a, there's a ruckus among us. How you doing there, ruckus, brother?
1: Yes, there's a ruckus among us, or among you. Hi, Kaiser. <laughs> Thanks for uh, lowering the drawbridge and inviting me to the castle. You're more
0: than welcome, brother. It's always a joy to talk with you whenever we can. Hey, now this is Shocktober, where we're going to tell some uh, scary stories, maybe. We might tell some legends. We might even discuss, who knows. But I'm sure it'll be on the paranormal, or this hangs right in with what uh, the normal programming is here on PSN. The paranormal, the, the ghost the aliens when we, we won't know where we're going to go tonight until we go there. With that being said, Adam, do you have anything that, uh, tickled your fancy today or any wives tales, whatever local lore?
1: Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I must admit you, you caught me a little off guard with the topic because it's not my particular specialty. Um, but tis the season for the scary stuff. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like it currently. I think right now the world is so such a scary enough place in in real life that I I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little put off by the concept of Halloween is scary stuff this year, and, and I just wonder how other f- people feel about that. I think the scariest thing this year is going to be how people deal with the holiday. You know, um. But um, oh. Well, confession, Kaiser, believe it or not, I mean, because I know so many, like, countless numbers of people have had, quote-unquote, experiences of some sort with supernatural, albeit ghosts or creatures like Bigfoot or alien UFO sightings. Me? No, not really. I mean, I, I have, like, a couple stories from when I was a kid that I don't necessarily trust my own senses, and um, but I, I've never had, like, an honest-to-goodness experience that I've, you know— I've talked to so many people who have, though. Um, I feel like I'm some sort of strange mutant just because I've never seen a ghost or a UFO or talked to Bigfoot, you know?
0: No, I get that totally, brother. I mean, I'm not stressed over that. Uh, But there's got to be some lore, something local, somewhere you've lived where you've heard spooky tales of woe. Well, again,
1: no, not really. Um, although wow. when I did move, yeah, I'm originally from New Hampshire, so, you know, and I was raised in the woods, so, you know, I think that maybe might toughen a kid up or something, uh, because I notice a lot of horror movies, people in general are scared of the unknown woods, and I'm just like, man, I love to go out in the woods and just be alone with nature, you know, it's not scary at all, um, but they can make whole movies about it, like Blair Witch Project, and it's just like, oh, it's so scary, it's the woods, ooh, bad woods, you know, Bring me back home safe to the comforts of the big city, please. Um, but when I moved to New Mexico, I did learn for the first time ever about something called La Llorona. La, La Llorona? Very hard to say. La Llorona. You
2: You've heard of that, right? No, it's like Llorona. 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 Right. Yeah. It's like two L's. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Llorona, like the cryer. Yeah.
1: This 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 tale of this, this witch woman who apparently drowned her children or something, I, I I forget the actual origin of it, but she's a spirit that will haunt, I guess it's a popular tale in um, Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, which is why I learned about it out here uh, in New Mexico. Um, but it, it involves the fact that you can hear this woman crying late at night, and the parents of children apparently would, would scare the crap out of kids with this story. To kind of try to like, it was one of those morality tales kind of thing. Like, you know, don't go out at late at night, don't go to strange places, don't do this, don't do that. They could they could basically say anything they want. Like, oh, you shouldn't lie to your sister, little Billy, or La going to get you, or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's the only le- legend I've heard about here is La- La Rona. Um, I hung out late night drinking with people and they'll hear like weird noises, like a coyote call or something. And they'll like get all hushed and be like, and they'll make a joke. How it's La Llorona. And I'm like, Whoa, what what is that? You know? So it, I think it has an effect on, on them culturally, but um, obviously not me personally.
0: Right. That that sounds like the um, El Chupacabra that they have in uh, Spanish lore or Latino lore. Um you know where the it i don't know really how to describe it, but the creature is supposedly looks almost like a monkey or a i don't know a monkey lizard or something by the way i've seen the drawings of it i you know like i said i've never seen anything like that i the stuff i've seen has been a pseudo ghost thing that I'll talk about on uh uh because angel. Luckily, was producer for Art Bell, and he captured it, so that's a treat for Halloween. But I will say this, I was nervous. I was talking to Art Bell for the first time, and I didn't really know the words at that time to explain it to him. And uh, I said it the best I could, but I've come up with a better way to explain what I saw. And also, you're you're talking to somebody. You know, you got a few minutes, so you try to get it done as quickly and succinctly as you can. And I did that. And the other one was a large. And everybody, if if you've not listened to uh, AC uh, Alternative Current Radio, you need to listen to it because he had a whole few episodes on bugs. And I saw the largest roach. I've never heard of one bigger. Um, but I almost got in trouble for it, for what I, how I exterminated it. But, uh, that was on Okinawa, Japan, where I saw that. And I don't know if people would be interested in it. It's kind of buggy. Maybe you'd be interested in it, brother. How big was it thing? Honest to God was the length. It was underneath a, um, and they had these old barracks that used to have a kitchen on the end of every barracks and uh, Camp Kinzer is on Okinawa, Japan and it's right before you get to the capital city called Naha and right off, if you're coming from Kadena, right to the right of it and um, there was a roach and I'm not joking, the size of like a, you know, a cat and uh, but, you know, lengthwise not height
2: that's That's not a roach (laughs) that's That's, a, that's no, not was, normal.
0: <laughs> it, no, it was a roach. And uh, when they pulled the roach away because of the drippings over the, I don't know how long the damn thing was living. Uh, but, yeah, there it was. And so they called, instead of calling the exterminator on base, I still have no idea why they didn't do that. They called the military police. So I showed up. I mean, this is fact. is <laughs> historical fact. I'm the idiot that showed up. And I'm just like, all right, everybody out of here. Next thing in the air is a pow from my 45, and uh, I just put a bullet through it, and, you know. And and that was it. It was the end of it. So, but I, I got in a lot of shit over that, man. I thought I was gonna do, but nobody got hurt, no ricochets. So they just said, you don't did talk you had, like, about giant it? I don't roach guts everywhere.
2: Like, did that happen?
0: Oh, it kind of splattered a little bit. But roaches, they're uh, exoskeletons, surprisingly resilient. (laughs) That's
2: a fact. Well, you know, they did say that once the earth goes into, like, full, like, you know, the toilet, the only thing that's going to be left of the roaches, I believe that.
1: You know, this is this running meme or idea that cockroaches would somehow magically survive like nuclear fallout, and I'm not necessarily sure there's scientific evidence of that.
0: Well, there, there's a book out called Would Insects Inherit the Earth? It's one of the books you have to read if you're going through uh, emergency management school, and they dispel a lot of those myths. I can't think of the author, and the book is in storage because. I have my Konex box and everything that I use when I teach people stuff, I keep in a Konex box. And there's a bunch of boxes in the back, and those boxes contain their, they're just like uh, legal boxes. All the teaching literature and stuff I've learned over the years. But yeah, the, the, hold on, I can tell you right now, let me just type that up, Uh, you guys. Run with something real quick, and I will tell you who wrote Would Insects Inherit the Earth in about three or four seconds, because Google is my friend at
2: this point. <laughs> I, I bet you it was the that, creator maybe. of, like, Taco Bell who, who said that. Because that's, <laughs> that's where the meat comes from, roaches. Oh, really? <laughs> Might as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty much... actually. Actually, Angel, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's an alarming trend towards where a lot of these uh, world elite types would really love to uh, offer us eating bugs as a solution to potential food shortages coming in the future.
2: Oh, i got one worse for you. Uh, There's a scientist who already came up with a method to take... uh, uh, This is going to be kind of gross. Enzymes from human poo that contains uh, cow meat enzymes. And if he collects enough of these enzyme, enzymes he can literally recreate the meat that's been digested and pooped out and recreate meat again from that. And serve it as a hamburger, steak, or whatever.
0: Yes, I found the book and the book is... <laughs> let th- let that exactly sink in for freaking. a second.
2: You missed that part, Kaiser. It's pretty gross, but let that sink in for a minute. Fuckers. <laughs> Oh, oh, boy, yes, he yes, was a Ch- uh, Chinese scientist who came up with that, by the way, because they love us. They want to feed us on, on poop now.
0: Yes, the, <laughs> I, I heard that. That's just disgusting. and
2: head yeah, so it it It's when, pretty gross.
0: Yeah, I was, I was talking uh, the other day while Rekha's show was going on with somebody, and I said uh, in Germany, I was quite shocked that they had bugs for sale at the grocery store. So that's, that's a no-bullshit story. But uh, anyways, what uh, insects inherit the earth? No-bullshit. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and anyway. other subjects concern, of concern to those who worry about nuclear war. By Jack C. Green, compiler, and Daniel J. Storm, compiler. Uh, I see used paperbacks there're seven of them $17.61 but the normal uh paperbacks and the mass market paperbacks uh normal paperbacks are $70 to 890 mass market paperbacks are going for 26.04 to 93.35 cents so 930 i'm sorry point thirty five cents. cents so damn, I got gold in my damn um Kunex box. Yeah, I'm still like,
2: wouldn't
1: so what you're out, saying man. is if you if you find a copy of this somewhere, folks, at a yard sale or a thrift store, snatch it up.
0: Snatch it up. But yeah, yeah, that's I'm just looking on Amazon right now. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, so like you said, um uh, it does dispel some of those uh, myths. Um, and honestly, it kind of coincides with what you were talking about earlier, there, ruckus, um, which is why there's always a ruckus among us because you make the mind think, uh, there was something that I looked at a while back with the mask thing. You know, what's scary about the mask thing? Well, it's because of the fear porn the government is putting on us, um, no matter what, you think and where you think this is coming from, I think it's a plot to get rid of our president, but that's my own opinion. You don't have to share it, and I'm sure Angel would agree with me on that one, Uh, but the problem is, you know, making people drones, faceless drones, you know, where you get a lot of detail from somebody's facial reactions while you're talking to them. And, and that tells you if you're an interviewer or you, you're talking to people professionally for a while um, because if that's your job, you do get a lot of cl- clues from the face. And just normally, if, if there's a fight to develop, you see people grooming in certain ways. Grooming means, you know, moving their hair around, stroking their mustache, their beard, you know. How do you deal with it when all of a sudden somebody's got a mask on? They're not able to do a a normal uh, key to attack feature. Instead, they're dicking around with their mask. Because there was a nurse, I believe, a while back. You might remember this, Ruckus. She did a video. It was on YouTube, too, where she put paint on her fingers or some sort of dye or whatever it was. And she uses her cell phone. Shows everybody how much, you know, the paint gets on the cell phone and gets on the face from the cell phone. Uh, Shows everybody how much people normally jerk with their mask, including doctors and nurses, you know, because she was a nurse. And just demonstrates how much you're actually touching. And the best thing was to wash your hands. And uh, your thoughts on that one, brother? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I used to be quite a
1: germaphobe, which is this is totally crazy. Uh, but until the current virus that we're facing as a world uh, this year, um, I used to be quite a bit concerned about germs, like more so than the average average bear, as it were. And I was the guy who would already like if there there would be certain items that I would purchase from the store, I would rinse off the cans with, you know, some hot water first or, you know, I, I would always make sure that anything coming inside my house was sterilized if necessary. I, would, I wouldn't I would go overboard and spray everything down with disinfectant or whatever. But I, I also try to keep a very clean space and a clean house and keep everything clean. I used to work in restaurants, so I had it drilled in me over and over again, the importance of preventing cross-contamination. So I I remembered that, which is exactly what that nurse demonstrated. It's very simple, quick, easy cross-contamination. Everything we touch is transferring germs back and forth, basically. Like, you know, so great. You go wash your hands and then you go pick up your cell phone, which you have not cleaned or disinfected since, you know, you've owned it for a year and you take it with you everywhere inside the restaurant, inside the bathroom. You know, wash your hands all you want, but those germs and everything are now still on that phone. You know what I mean? So you got to like when when we worked at restaurants like say at a grill you know i would have to literally fire people because they just couldn't understand this simple concept like you, you, you use this one hand or the gloved hand on the spatula you don't you, you don't cross contaminate between meat you don't cut meat in the same space or on the same cutting board or counter as you do your vegetables because cross contamination can get people sick uh one of the again until the recent pandemic the number one cause of uh illness or uh, hospital admissions in America is actually related to foodborne illnesses because we're basically consuming germs because we didn't kick, cook the food long enough to kill off the germs or maybe we weren't keeping it in the, the refrigerator and, and it grew some extra germs, you know. Um, so people just are not careful in general. So it's a joke to me that the CDC or the WHO or your local mayor, your governor or whoever is going to think that you, you're, you the, the general American um, all of us are going to be able to handle safely like a mask and keep it sterile and clean. All the doctors came out right away and said, Hey, you know what? These masks are great and all, but the thing is you guys, you people don't know how to use them properly. And everyone was obsessed with one particular mask. And when this started, which one was that? The N95 mask?
0: <laughs> 95. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. exactly it.
1: And apparently uh, to use those properly, like in the health profession, uh, you know industry you need to be form fitted for those they need to be professionally adjusted you need to know what the heck you're doing it's not a just run out to the store try it and buy it one size fits all solution for everybody you know
0: And, and they don't tell you that like on the n95 mask there's a shelf life it's just no different than the military mask that i was issued you have to be test fitted when i was an iron worker if we were welding on uh Uh, There's a coating they put over Still, It's usually on chain link fences. And um, anyways, if you're welding on it, you can get sick. Like the only cure for it, believe it or not, are um, just like flash burned. If you're flash burned in the eyes from uh, welding, you use potatoes. Cut one in half, put one over each eye, and you'll be fine the next day. If you weld on this material, why am I... Uh, chain link fences, they're, they normally have a coating. It's a white-looking coating. You'll find it on some metals. Uh, if you weld on it and you inhale it, um, milk is like the only cure. To, it's like a flu that you get. Uh, I can't think of the name of the coating for the still. Sorry, man. It's been so long. It's been... Shit, I got done doing that in 2000, so... Or ninety nine. I'm sorry. So I I wish I could remember. Chain link uh, fences are commonly uh, coated with the same crap. I I can't think of it. It's a it's an anti rust material. It'll come to me, just not right now. Uh, right. But yeah, man. I mean, but we had to use those for if we we're welding that. And the reality is because the smoke, if you breathed it in it would get you sick. And, um, I, I can't believe, I can't remember the name of that crap, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's just, I,
2: I think
1: that's, that's what those masks are intended for. That will help in those types of things to help with like certain droplets. Like when you're using spray paints and chemicals and things like that, you know, that's not really meant necessarily to help prevent the spread of a, a virus, you know, <clears throat>
0: Oh, yeah, and the mask that they're using now is more to protect other people, not yourself. And these people that are Karens, that's something I I don't think I've touched. I think we should be more afraid of the Karens and the Kens that go around and try to dictate to others or look down on them if they're not wearing a mask, which I've never, I've not worn one since this bullshit started because it's useless. And um, they're just so ignorant. And and I see a lot of similarities between the people who would denounce people to the Nazis and the people that would denounce people to the Stasi. It's the same fucking thing, man. You're not doing what the government said. I'm going to tell the government, you know, that kind of crap. Your thoughts? Well,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. All of this is motivated by one common element, and it's actually directly related I guess to what I was talking about when I first came on um, and why I guess I'm not so big on Halloween this year is I understand much far more so now than ever before but I already had a grasp on the concept of fear um, when it pertains to being used against people to control them um, uh, uh, fear <clears throat> is a powerful emotion and a lot of um <sighs> I don't know. (laughs) I I don't want to blame any like the government or anything like that or the secret societies or anything like that. But regardless, the media and politicians and governments all across the world throughout history have known that fear is one of the easiest ways to control people. um, And they have not been afraid to do so uh, for a very long time. And I think they really upped the ante this year um, in particular. Um, but yeah, people are afraid of bugs. Let's let's push them with some bug stories. You know, people are afraid of uh, viruses. Oh well, those people are real easy to to scare real quick. We'll just tell them boo. You know, and they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, it's just like back in the seventies. I don't know if you remember any of these uh, shows from back in your day, but they had uh, uh, at the drive-in movies in the seventies. One of them, and of course, they're all. 70's message movies but squirm it was about worms coming out of the faucets and shit they were going to get you Uh, Empire of the Ants Uh, that was another weird little 70's movie Uh, Tarantula Snakes on a Plane that's a little more updated I think that came out in the um, 90's Um, another big one was Jaws Jaws 1, 2 and 3 You know, it's a consistent thing. Hollywood has, and I think you and I both know, you know, how Hollywood is run. And I think even Angel does, especially. He's a big movie aficionado. And it's the same kind of thing. They use fear. There's an old adage. uh, Hard men come from hard times, and they bring good times. And good times build soft men. And uh, I think during the 60s, end of the 60s, the 70s, the, well, the 70s kind of, because we still had the looming fear of nuclear war, uh, the 80s, and by the time the wall fell in Germany, it gave us a false sense of security and a lack of fear, and everybody just became soft. And, of course, the Internet helped to make people soft with anonymity, where I could say anything I wanted to you without risking ruckus, making a ruckus on my face, and punching me in my nose if I pissed him off. You know, because I'm, what, three, 4,000 miles away from you, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, I think that these types of things are uh, what and how the government mechanizes the fear tactics and I did work for the government full disclosure you know that and Angel knows that and I think everybody on the show knows that and I do know that fear can be a powerful motivator trust me on that one your thoughts man well I used to be a,
1: a very very big horror movie fan i 'm um, not anymore uh but <clears throat> i i I find it interesting that we we can we can sit down and consume these horrible um images and 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 uh, subjecting ourselves to psychological torture as it were, all in the name of entertainment to sit down and watch a good scary movie, and you know in general who doesn 't like a good scary movie that 's you know we all do or at some point we do but but why? What, what? What on earth? Why on earth would would this be a thing? You know, um, if, if fear when when when, you, when we encounter danger, if that's going to instill the fight or flight response, how how does that affect us psychologically in our brains when we're experiencing the fear, but we're like strapped down in a chair, as it were, or sitting in a theater with a whole bunch of other people, and we we know that what we're watching is fake, so we we feel safe, so. It's almost like our body does not necessarily go into that mode, but somewhere subconsciously our brain is. But we're we're comforted knowing that we don't really have to fight. We don't really have to flight right now. And I think it's really screwing with uh, some wiring that's already a natural part of of, of us as uh, as a species. Um, as it were, and I think that horror movies and scaring people to death, and, and this Halloween and this death culture, and all of this terrible fear porn, and I think it's really doing some horrible things to to us in general. Um, I, I think people are unable to experience um, real tragedy or emergencies that they when when in in real life they don't know how to act because they they've been training their their brains like the trigger responses to just like. Oh, this is like entertaining. That's where their brain's gonna go subconsciously. is like, is this why people don't call nine one one when people are screaming for bloody murder? I mean, I don't know. It's just it really concerns me. and, and it certainly should not be like quote unquote, entertaining because in real life, death, destruction, murder, war, um, injury, these things are not entertaining. They're not funny, they're not cool. Um, it's horrible, and, and and like you said, I mean, if you haven't experienced it yourself, what does that do to a person when you see it in real life? How do you react to that?
0: Oh yeah, that I would agree totally. I think I was like fourteen when like Terror Train with Jamie Lee Curtis, and she was the scream queen back then. Um, a bunch of different movies she was in. I remember watching a bunch of horror movies. They were the slasher type movies back in the day. And my son's a big fan of that shit. And um, I told him when he was young, I was like, look, your mind's only built to uh, take so much abuse and blood and gore and stuff. It's a natural thing. But what I did notice with myself, like, in a, and it's happened several times where I was in a very violent place and something happened and people got injured or whatever. And in real life, it's almost like a filter for me. Um, I can act and I can do, I can stop the bleeding, apply a tourniquet, you know, whatever, deal with a sucking chest wound. It doesn't matter what it is, I can deal with it. But I've noticed my wife likes horror movies too. If we go see a horror movie or there's some messed up part in it, I don't even like to watch more war movies because of it. Uh, the other reason is I'll critique them and say how funny they are, but if I see somebody, let, let's say, I'll tell you a good one, and it made live—not live TV, but Twitter, whatever you want to call it—when that dude got his bicep vapor vaporized in uh, Wisconsin. <clears throat> you know, I was like, ah, I'm very—I uh, don't know how to put it. I'm—I'm. I'm, it's almost like I feel the pain that I'm like, ah, oh, shit. You know, and that's how I feel about it. You know, I, I've empathetic, I guess, is what the word I'm looking for that, you know, having been hurt a few times, my own self, you know, I just can imagine how bad that is. And uh, so it's not something I enjoyed watching. It was one of those things where it's like, Jesus, you know, that kind of thing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah,
1: you could have sympathy for the human being as a fellow human being, whereas the general public, it's just like we've already been shocked with this nonstop in TV and movies. And to the casual viewer, whether they, they know it's real when they're looking at it, but still in their brains somewhere, they're still thinking, oh, it's just like a special, all this other crap, all this other splatter we already watch on TV anyway, you know. Um, I think it really
0: desensitizes people,
1: you know, to humanity
0: and i think you're right i mean you said fear porn uh, actual porn there's studies out where 20 year old dudes are having to take viagra or whatever and just to uh, get an erection because they watch porn and they think that's real life that's real sex and they they miss the opportunity of passion of the loving feeling of all that shit and they just Watch porn and I guess torque one out to it. You know what I mean? Yay, Hollywood.
2: Hey, uh, yeah, I'm Nobody practices. wants to go down that yeah. rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, I know. <laughs> uh, question What do you guys think of the movie Casualties of War as a war movie? I missed it. I, n- hey, I don't
0: believe I ever saw it either, brother. Sorry.
2: Oh, man. It's uh it's an old film. It's with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. And uh, it's uh, set in Vietnam. And it's uh, dealing with actually a true event where they were kidnapping uh, girls from the villages and raping them. And, uh, and some of the soldiers were later on uh, prosecuted for the crimes. Uh, really, really... Uh, good, underrated war movie. I highly recommend it.
0: Okay, I... Doesn't sound like you would trip my trigger. I mean, that... Look, you gotta remember, Angel, um, when I was over in, uh, Iraq, um, uh, Dyncore was being, that uh, was 2005, was being prosecuted right. for human trafficking. Um, and that happened in, uh, Kosovo. And, uh, also in Africa, those two countries, correct. So you know, you know that that's the kind of thing that you know. Uh, just doing what I do naturally is what we call the skin trade, and of course, unfortunately, that is too. There's a lot of things, prostitution, um, all that crap is made into that same thing, and it's just because. Our trade is actually dealing with people, you know, one way or another. Uh, luckily, knock wood, I'm knocking wood right now. Uh, I've never really had to deal with it except for one time, and that was working for a company I can't disclose now because I'm still in a lawsuit with them, uh, where they were human trafficking uh, people from Uganda. And they would be security at different uh, uh, places in Iraq. And and, uh, those Ugandans were being trafficked under Obama's Aid for Africa program. And what happened was the Ugandan president, dictator for life, whatever you want to call him, was getting $2,000 per head from the U.S. government under the Aid for Africa program. And the Ugandans were making $600 a month pay. Per head. And, and that's human trafficking. And you could prove it because I accidentally stumbled on a drawer as I was putting training records up for these folks. I always wondered why I didn't see their passports, well, it was because the company was holding their passports. And um, I went to DCIS, I went to uh, um, AFOSI, I went to uh, Army CID. And Navy, N-I-S, NCIS now. Uh, And all of them were like, there's nothing we can do. And I'm confounded by that. And it wasn't until I got back a brother of mine from one of those agencies. I'm not going to say which, because that will give him up. Uh, He calls me up and he tells me, that's Obama's Aid for Africa program. That's why nobody can touch it. And uh, that's a factual story. And that's all I can say on that. I mean,
2: honestly. speechless (laughs) i I, I was the uh, truth uh, yeah i'm speechless also
0: well it's the truth i mean our government's hands are never clean in a lot of things but that's you know like i said uh, we're talking about spooky things i guess that's a spooky thing you know that's a
1: good point Uh, because they'll make movies about lots of really frightening things but how many movies do they make in hollywood about that exact subject right there When's the last time you saw a movie about like um, human trafficking
0: well they won't there's, do something been a about, few. no they won't do something about that subject in particular for two reasons one it's Obama mm-hmm. he's bulletproof and the second reason is they depend on DoD every Hollywood theater not theater as in what you go see movies in but the, the theatric companies like MGM and all that they all have DoD contacts. And uh, DOD has to get permission for them to use a, let's say they're doing a top gun, to use an aircraft carrier to film on, uh, to do this and film on it, you know, around an aircraft. Uh, It just depends. Or, you know, to have some some advisors come on. And for that reason, unless they're using civilian advisors, people like me, uh, they have to have... Somebody officially from DOD to make sure uniforms are correct, this, that, and the other, so it doesn't look like uh, that movie where what's his name painted his face to look like a black man who plays uh, um, some uh, cartoon character in some Marvel universe or
2: something. I can't think of oh, the um, name you're of it. Ta- oh, you're talking about Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's
0: a a it. Funny movie. Yeah, but. The uniforms weren't completely correct.
2: Uh, there was that a war wrong. movie you guys movie. see, but a, a, an actual war movie like *Casualties of War*, no rights. That's historical. But...
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, that could have been an indie movie. I mean, I don't know the facts on that movie, but I guarantee if if that's a factual movie like that, it's a good movie. They didn't have direct DOD. They didn't have direct DOD support. I'll bet money on it. Oh, and no, it's,
2: it, it, Pro- it was tough sale. Put it that way. It was a very tough release. Yeah, so I'm,
0: I'm just saying that's the reality of why Hollywood won't touch on certain subjects. And uh, you got to remember, the uh, Frankfurt School affected first Columbia University, then it raged through all the commu- uh, universities, and it ended up in Hollywood. And there's a common bond and a common tie to all that, but I'm not getting into it on this show, but that's the point of it, is that money, uh, media, propaganda, quote-unquote, propaganda, that's what I believe the media all is, except for the stuff we're doing here, because this is content that comes from our mind free-flowing. And also on the boiler room, it's free-flowing mind thought. And when you're on there and you're talking with people, people are telling the truth. And they'll disagree. And that's that's really the foment and the ferment that gives good thought process. And propaganda doesn't give good thought process. It makes people fearful or it makes people happy. It makes people carefree, lackadaisical. Uh, propaganda is a very useful tool. And I guess that's something we can talk about on uh spookiness because how easily like you said earlier uh ruckus on how uh e- easily people everybody thinks they're their own person and yet everybody can't wait to get their 95 or 120 and twenty-dollar nikes when they come on sale. you know what i mean or the argument between is it called nike or Nike? you know the, the bullshit you know the minutiae your thoughts man it's it's Nike, so
1: it's not even an argument. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, nice, yeah. Uh, it's actually you know it's interesting because um, you know obviously it's close to Halloween and we've been talking about this kind of thing. Um, I, I've discovered in my in my research uh, behind a lot of these holidays that we we celebrate um, that for the most part they're very consumer driven. So it doesn't surprise me in the least <clears throat> that the same society uh, types that want to instill us with the sense of fear all the time through movies and entertainment and media and politics, um, that they also want to sell us something <laughs> um, at the same time. Uh, take for instance, Halloween, what what we do uh, in general, uh, be, Years, uh, a long, long, long time ago before the scary pandemic uh, shut down the world, uh, kids used to dress up in costumes and go out and trick-or-treat in exchange for candy. So all of the people would get together and, and pitch in some bucks at their local shops or Walmart, what have you, and buy a bunch of candy, buy a bunch of decorations, buy a bunch of costumes. And you know what? It may be worthless crap and it might be silly or maybe you're against the holiday or whatever. But um, it's part of whether you like it or not, it's part of like our economy now. It's kind of the way the cycle goes. Like um, if you're a retailer, you can always usually count on like, oh, OK, sales were low this last month. But don't worry, Halloween's right around the corner. You know, we're going to we're going to have a little bit of a boost in sales and and actually coming up real soon. is going to be one of the biggest one of all the Black Friday the sales they used to have. I mean, it's it, it, this pandemic and all of their response to it is really, really going to affect things much more frighteningly so in the long term on our economy. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, the consumer life is uh, it is it, bad. It is. I, I'm not a big fan of it, but since it's what we've been uh, de- like relying on as a, as Communities and our economy and everything—we uh, kind of gotta. I don't know, man. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's like the whole rug has been ripped out from under us. So, uh, whether you like the rug or not doesn't matter because now we got to deal with gravity.
0: Exactly, and gravity's a motherfucker. It can be your friend or your worst enemy. I will say this: <clears throat> I agree with you on the economy, especially. I find something and hear something spooky, folks. Think about this. What you normally would go out and purchase on your own, right? Not only have ever, before any of the riots and stuff kicked off, think about it in two methodologies. The storefronts were closed out of fear of this pandemic. And uh, after that, now you can't even go back because... The storefronts have either been firebombed or they were in cities that were firebombed and the retailers said, fuck it, we're not coming back anymore. And we're just shuttering our businesses. And so everything now is mail order. And um, I mean, shit, we're almost having a mail order election at this point where certain states are saying we're going to send out mass mailings. And the amount of fraud already detected is beyond belief. And um, because people, I mean, even Tim Pool had a thing where he got somebody, uh, mail for somebody to vote in a mass mailing when he was living in New Jersey. And the guy hasn't lived there for like a year. And out of California, I know a couple people that live in different states that lived in California, and uh, they were forwarded their ballots, and this also happened in Florida from New York citizens. Uh, One of them was Steve Pasimic. His uh, wife got her ballot from New York because they lived up there to vote in New York when they've been living in Florida for multiple years. So this is, you can say anecdotal, But when they found dumped out Trump votes, uh, they found just empty ballots that weren't filled out, dumped somewhere. Uh, This is fact. This is what's going on. It should cause people to have a little bit of pause. And uh, I've always done an absentee ballot. I thought I wouldn't be here right now, so I had one ordered a while back. And um, I'm still here. So I got it, talked to my voting people, and they said, well, I can fill it out and take hand deliver it, and I'm going to do that. I'm not going to let the Postal Service deal with it this time. And that's one, that's an absentee ballot I ask for. You understand what I mean on that, brother? Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, yeah. I,
1: I, hate, I hate to say it, but I am one of those people who personally believes that his vote doesn't count. Um, every year um, since I've been able to vote, um, I have voted. Uh, I would always write in uh, Kermit the Frog, and Kermit the Frog has yet to become president, so I find the whole process completely unfair.
2: Kermit the Frog well, here, and I thank you for your vote, and Miss Piggy also voted for me. The
0: one interesting thing
2: – I love both of you guys. <laughs>
0: You're so hilarious. hilarious. Uh, the one thing that would be uh, would make my heart leap for joy is to go back to the precincts where you voted, and actually be able to look at the votes, and there'll be one other, and it'll be Kermit D Frog, <laughs> and it would do my it would do my heart joy to see that, that one me. vote, mm-hmm. and I'd be like. <laughs> There might be the second one from Miss Piggy. Yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> it's like it's like in Thailand when we go to a hotel with a girl uh, when, when I was a young, degenerate man. Uh, people would write, like, Captain Kirk or Mr. Spock on the sign-in log so people couldn't figure out where they were. So, yeah, I understand that, man. I, I get where you're coming from, but... Uh, the protest vote, I think, is as valid as a normal vote. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I liked two characters from a few election cycles ago. One was the rent is too damn high guy. And uh, the other one was uh, the guy uh, shoe on head or something like that. I can't remember what. Vermin uh, vermin <laughs> something. I forget his name. Vermin Supreme. Sorry, I was coughing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's the guy who, who I, I, I I I may or I may have not voted for him or, or wished for him to be president more than a few times.
0: No, that's he's he's a classic dude, dude. And walking around with a big waiter boot on his head. That's just hilarious. But yeah, but I, no, should I, say, I, I, I do. I believe I believe in the process as
1: set forth by the founding fathers and, and, and what the whole thing is supposed to stand for. And I just I just unfortunately, my own you know research and experiences led me to believe that um, wherever we're at right now, it's, it's very much more in the control outside of my own personal hands. But yes, always something to say about the protest
0: vote. Yes,
1: I, I can say for certain I will not be voting for Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Vote wherever you want to vote. I don't even care if people vote for him. My point is, vote. Get your voice heard, even if it's a protest vote. I don't care. My, um, That's one of the reasons why I joined the military, was to... Uh, look, Here, here's one of the little spooky stories about the military, is a military member is not covered by the Constitution. You protect the Constitution so you can't be covered by it. And what we're covered by is called the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. And uh, I believe it's the most fair legal system, but it's also one that doesn't have any real constitution. I mean, people could say that they do the Article 31 rights and all that. But in all honesty, you're going in front of a jury of your peers. And those peers who are picked as jury members, let's say you're a shipbird military guy First thing the prosecutor is gonna say is he's a shipbird military guy, and so most of those jurors are like staff NCOs, and they're gonna look at your uniform. Oh, you've got this out of there. You got a Irish pennant hanging off your uh, sleeve, whatever, and they're gonna say, "Yeah, he's a shipbird," and they've already cast their vote until uh, the trial's over. And they're not going to change their vote. There's nothing you can do. Uh, but it is the most uh, fair form if it's just a courts martial. And there, there's two separate types of court martial. You have a fact-finding court martial. And that, if you are wrong, that can go to a full-on prosecutorial uh, court martial. And uh, it can either be with the jury of your peers, which usually will fuck you worse than if you just go in front of, you know, three officers. So, you know, it it just is what it is. That's why you have a general court-martial, because a general holds, you know, holds sway on it. I don't know if you knew that, but that's how that all came about. No, did not know.
1: Now I know and knowing is half the battle. GI Joe
0: <laughs> Yo Joe. Exactly. Yo Joe. No, that hey, and talk about good propaganda. Think about that. Sergeant Slaughter back in the day and the WWE combining wow. with G.I. Joe. Yeah, I mean wow. that that's some serious marketing. Vince McMahon really knew what the fuck he was doing. And uh so did the makers of GI Joe. I think um, I believe it was a friend, a mutual friend of ours, who posted a dank meme that I threw up on my page, and I've never gotten more hits on it. My personal page uh, on uh, FB. Uh, it was a uh, Conan uh, for president, the Simi- simian way or simiran way, however you pronounce that. Made up uh, culture. And it said, uh, honesty and a voting platform, it says, to crush all enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentations of their women. So, I enjoyed that one. That made me laugh, and a lot of other people. So, vote Conan. enough. So what else do you fear, my friend? Looks like we're running out of time. Angel, are we good with time, or what's up?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I fear we're running out of time. About uh five minutes uh, before <laughs> oh. we got to go. So you guys uh, got to do what you got to do. We got Mitchell Nicholas Gerber waiting in the wings, and uh, with Unleashed Truth Radio. So, gentlemen. Cool. Cool. Cool,
0: Uh, Ruckus, why don't you tell everybody where to find you, and then I'll close us out.
2: Tell us where to get the Ruckus, Ruckus.
0: You can find the Ruckus
1: and all the other great content, including the Boiler Room that Kaiser talks nonstop about, uh, at alternatescurrentradio.com. Just go there and you'll find a show page for uh, the Daily Ruckus. Uh, I broadcast that Monday through Friday. It is a pre-recorded daily news program, and uh, I spin some headlines and, and throw in some snarky comments and opinion. And by the time the whole thing is done, they're really short stuff, 15, 20 minutes max. Uh, you're like, wow, I, that was pretty fun. I had a good time, and I learned something. So tune in, check it out. Let me know what you like, like you know what, what you think. Uh, like and follow, find me on the socials, etc. Thank you again,
0: Kaiser, for having me. And yeah, AlternateCurrentRadio.com. Awesome. That's, that's a great lead-up. And as always, folks, uh, I always pimp uh, ACR, Alternative Current Radio. I always pimp PSN first. Make sure that you subscribe to PSN on, uh, uh, it's not Star. it's uh, Patreon. And uh, make sure to support the content creators that you care about and love. Uh, WPRPN, World Pirate Radio Podcast Network. And um, if, if you're lucky enough and you reach out to me, I might put you on my own personal Discord that I have. The title of it will remain Mysterio until uh, somebody asks me and I vet them because I'm keeping my personal Discord very, very close to my chest. And with that being said, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle and taking a seat on my big orange couch. As you finish your coffee, tea, soda, or adult libation, I will slowly raise the drawbridge as you may enter on out my door. That being said, shuff out.